You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. Hello and welcome back to another great blast from the past with 80s Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. And I'm the other, Daniel Sanangelo. And with us as always, our producer, Jesse. Yes, I am. And we are back after an extended break due to a natural disaster that left me stranded on another end of the country. Jesse here <laughs> with air conditioning and Daniel in the dark for a couple days. Is that correct? Pretty much. <laughs> but we're here. We're back. We survived. And we're doing, finally, I want to do this for so long, we had technical difficulties a couple weeks ago, or I guess a month ago now, including Isaac and all that other mess, but we're here. This is one of Trey's babies. I love this movie, like, so much. A friend of mine posted on Facebook, like, a little thing earlier this week, like, you know, name movies you can quote verbatim, you know, you know all the words, too. This is, like, Star Wars trilogy, Batman. (laughs) I love this movie so much. I'm so glad to talk, happy to talk, we can all talk about it now. Yeah, this, will mo- this will mostly be Trey's show on this for sure. That's fine. <laughs> I need I need your feedback. Uh, but you and Jesse literally just watched it uh, you know, less than an hour ago, and uh, I know it was the first time you've seen it in about 10 years, 10, yeah, 15 it's years even. definitely been a while. Yeah, so you've pretty much, you haven't seen, have you seen any of the other ones more recent, aside from the Nolan trilogy? Uh, I haven't seen Dark Knight Rises, but I did see uh, Dark Knight pretty recent. None mm-hmm. of the... Other, yeah, unmentionable aside from Batman Returns because that one's awesome, but yeah. we won't mention I the Schumacher seen forever ones. in a while, and you never yeah, need to see I it don't again. Need to see Batman and Robin ever I, again. Forever, I can deal with. Yeah. I can't stand Batman and Robin. <laughs> I can't. Well, when Forever came out, I loved it at first. Yeah. Oh, cool! Falcon Jim Carrey was that was yeah. his peak, you know, when he was coming out, and I'm just like, oh, nah. looking back, it's just. It's, uh, one of, it's one of those slow motion car crashes. Just <laughs> gets worse and worse. But anyway, we're, that's the end of that talk now because we're talking about the 1989 Tim Burton Batman, the original classic, one of my favorite movies. Let's get on with it. Uh, it was released on June 23rd, 1989, which 1989 was actually the year of Batman's, the character's 50th birthday. So it's almost like oh, nice. the 50th anniversary celebration of the character. He gets the best damn Batman movie ever until arguably the Nolan trilogy. Uh, it really again it released on June 23rd, the same day as Honey I Shrunk the Kids. I wonder who won that one. Well, let's just say <laughs> the box office amount of Honey I Shrunk the Kids, as opposed to Batman's opening weekend, was in the title. It was very shrunk. Mm-hmm. That didn't tie it well together at all. Forget <laughs> it. We'll just start over. Uh, but it released uh, one week after Ghostbusters 2, mm. and one week before The Karate Kid 3. It was the second Karate Kid we've done recently where it was, it was released. In the same time yeah, period. Yeah. I mean, summer blockbusters, you yeah. know, typical. Uh, but the budget for Batman was $35 million. Seems pretty good at the time, right? Pretty big. Oh, oh the, yeah, definitely. Yeah. $19.9 still. I mean, 35 yeah. is pretty high. Opening weekend, 40.4. So continuing, I think uh, Red Dawn, we talk, I mean, not Red Dawn, but uh, Look Who's Talking, we talked about a couple weeks ago, made its money back in its opening weekend, as did Batman. And especially with a $35 million budget as opposed to like a $6 million budget. You know, that's just forty million opening weekend in the eighties yeah, is pretty a bit, damn good. Yeah. Uh, domestic, it made two hundred and fifty-two million, which it was the number one movie of the year domestically. And as we talked about, I think on it was Luke, again it was Lucas talking episode, I believe. Uh, it was uh, number two worldwide for the year with four hundred and twelve million, losing. I looked it up. It was like 
within uh, I think four million dollars to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So nice. worldwide, they were like right, they were neck and neck. Uh, let's see, IMDb gives it a seven point six, which is way too low for this masterpiece. Uh, Rotten, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes gives it a seventy-one percent. So again, we see that correlation between IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, very similar. Uh, very close ratings, and I'm sure Daniels might fall in that in that range as well. It's in the sevens, uh, but of course, as we mentioned, directed by the great Tim Burton. Uh, he was fresh off Beetlejuice when he made this, and of course, he made Sweeney Todd, Sleepy Hollow, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns. He did, you know, the one sequel. Uh, it was written by Sam Hamm and Warren Scarn, and that's about all I could really say they did. Aside from they did some like mainly, mainly television after that, so nothing as quite as big as what Batman became. And then uh. Get on with the cast. We have Michael Keaton as Batman. I think, who is the best Batman? I would say yeah. so. Yeah. I Still. think so. Still. It goes along. And I was when I watched it again a few weeks ago, originally, because uh, I haven't seen this since I've seen uh, Dark Knight Return. I mean, not Dark Returns. I'm sorry. Uh, Dark Knight, the, the Dark Knight. So I haven't seen the original Batman since I've seen the Dark Knight. So you know, a couple years. And I was watching and the whole time, just like you know, he he really is the best Batman to me, Michael Keaton. And it also, when I was listening to Geekly Dose, uh, I think it was the animated, se- uh, the episode where you talked about the uh, nostalgic cartoons. Right. And you were talking about the animated series, how what, the awesome thing about, uh, I think it's Kevin... Con- Kevin Conroy? Yeah, Conroy the does voice. the voice. Yeah. How Batman's his real voice, so to speak, and Bruce Wayne's yeah. the act. I think there's a lot of that in Michael Keaton's performance in this one. Not so much in Returns, but definitely in this one to where the Bruce Wayne character feels more forced, more acting, more acted. Yeah. Where he's like trying, but then when he's Batman, you know, he's, he doesn't say much, but it's still just like he it's doesn't the best need to. Batman voice as well, I think so, because it's not hey, it's not overly. Where are the drugs? <laughs> you know, so it's it's a little more what I imagine yeah. Batman would sound like. You know, he wouldn't be screaming; he'd be much more. He's a reserved character. He's a tactician, and uh, of course, the great Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Uh, I like this Joker. It's night and day to Heath Ledger's. It's two different aspects of the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can't compare them. Yeah. I'll get in, we'll get into the comic book relation a little bit later. But uh, and of course, Jack Nicholson also did The Shining, Chinatown, uh, The Departed. Everybody knows who Jack Nicholson is. Yeah. The lovely Kim Basinger was Vicky Vale, Eight Mile, LA Confidential, My Stepmother's an Alien. Alec Baldwin. Yeah, she was in in that. <laughs> <laughs> or well, no, all... I guess he was in. <laughs> he was, who knows? Let's stop that discussion right there. Uh, Robert Wool was Alexander Knox. He was also in Good Morning Vietnam, a great 80s classic, as well as Bull Durham with Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon. Uh, and he's, I was looking that up, he's Arliss. Yeah, he was on that TV show. Yeah. It, was, it was called Arliss. Yeah, it was yeah. on like USA or something. One. I remember like, that. Because uh, yeah. when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's a dude from Batman. That's all. Okay. No, I mean, he's, he's, I'll never n- not recognize him as, as anything, but Knox. he's a dude from Batman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the late great Pat Hingle was Commissioner Gordon. He was also in Talladega Nights, and him along with Michael Goh, who played Alfred, are the only people, only actors who were in all four of the original Batman films, mm. Uh, mm. Batman through Batman and Robin. So everybody, everybody else got you know Batman's changed, uh, and everything like that. So and they killed off every villain practically in the movies. So you didn't get any repeats in that. Uh, and yes, Billy D. Williams was Harvey mm. Dent. Everybody knows who he, who. How the love for Billy D, Lando Calrissian, uh, and then I mentioned Michael Go. He was Alfred. He, uh, you might remember him from Sleepy Hollow. He was one of the old dudes around the fire in the beginning in the house. Where you ever seen Sleepy Hollow? Shame. <laughs> but he's like the headless horseman takes them back to hell. He's. I really only know him from this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the main thing. He was. 
he was cast in this movie because Tim Burton loves the old Hammer horror films, which is also where Christopher Lee kind of made him famous. Mm. They were a European production company that just made nothing but Tomb of Dracula, Bride of Dracula, Dracula's House, Dracula's Bedroom, Dracula's Toothbrush, Frankenstein, mm. et cetera, et cetera. It was all just a string of classic, campy, but classic movies. Because so that's where like he was mostly known, what he was mostly known for up until this. Uh, and I, actually, I think Michael Goh died not too long ago as well. And also, yeah, uh, Jack Palance passed away. Uh, he's Carl Grissom. Also, uh, you talk about voices. I like Michael Keaton's voice. I can't stand Jack Palin's voice. What was that <laughs> Old Spice commercial he did? I don't he, he way back early '90s, maybe he used to do some cologne or something. But he had that voice. <laughs> well, he's it, known for his. You know, that's well, kind of his know, thing. Like <laughs> and then, uh, but uh, uh, between City this, Slickers, exactly. That's yeah. like I think because that's the one he won the Oscar <laughs> for was uh, where he did the famous where he did the one handed push up <laughs> when, at, when he accepted the Best Supporting Actor for Curly. Uh, that was aside from this as a young. Growing up, that was what I else I knew him for, because that's and that's really what he is known for. But he's also in Tango and Cash, with uh, Stallone and Kurt Russell, great '80s action movie. And Jerry Hall was Jack Napier slash Jack Nicholson slash the Joker's girlfriend, Alicia. What and did she do? She was married to Mick Jagger. Oh, okay. And a model. Oh. Uh, what a role. <laughs> and they divorced actually. Like, like they've been they were together for a while. But they divorced like maybe five six years ago. I don't know something like that. Oh, we, got, we got the commercial right here. Skin bracer, it smells great, but it also cools and tones my skin. Who puts it on like that? <laughs> he just dumps like Jack a Palance. Does. Original and cooling blue. I would imagine oh, Jack Palance would not use aftershave. He used Jack Daniels or something like. Ah, it sounds like he wanted want to smell be as good as me. Like he, like he went for the Joker part. <laughs> he would have been a terrible him. Joker. <laughs> you no, know, no, take it back. He would have been like part Nicholson, part Ledger. He would have like there would have been parts where he would have been scary. But then, he, you know, he just has that look. I don't know. Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then. He uh, just, like, he overdoes it to me. And that's the cast. And uh, <laughs> one interesting note, on the, when Michael Keaton was announced as being Batman, huge controversy. Because, again, like, up until this, he's Beetlejuice. You know, comedic stuff. You know, nothing. Mr. Mom. I think that, that was. Before. That, that was before, I believe. Yeah. But, again, that's a comedy. Yeah. You know, so not it's. not known for that type yeah, of Yeah, you know, so. And I distinctly remember this movie came out, and I really didn't know who Michael... I knew Beetle. Oh, it's a guy from Beetlejuice. That's, like, all I knew. But at nine, I wasn't like, oh, he's a terrible choice for Batman. Because mm -hmm. the Batman comics around this time, the the mainstream ones, like the ba Batman itself, and then, like, Detective Comics, they were not like they are today. They were a little... You had... In the 80s, you had a, a very large turn in comics to where you did start getting more mature story arcs, like one of the greatest Batman stories ever told, The Dark Knight Returns and uh, Watchmen, stuff that revolutionized comic storytelling. But Batman, I remember when I was collecting comics at this time, when this movie came out, Batman was, he wasn't quite as dark as the movie, from my memory, and the issues I had. I didn't have every issue, so somebody's like gonna correct me on it, by all means. But like what I had, my interpretation of the Batman character was a little bit of the Adam West TV show, and then the comics at around the, the 87, 89 period. Yeah. And that's when, in the comics, he had the blue cowl, blue gloves, gray suit, traditional Bat logo. See, I never read comics. Mm -hmm. It was one of those things that... So, but when I was getting... The only thing, main thing I was getting at was, like, I didn't... As a child that age, I didn't I didn't comprehend why he would be a bad choice, because you don't think that way. If, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, didn't, like, when Heath Ledger was first cast, people were like, Yeah, eh, like, really? Well, yeah. I mean, of course, comic book fans are... You know, they're loyal. 
they, they, they have a love for these characters. Well, yeah. And you can and of course, up until that role, what was Heath Ledger his main thing? Brokeback Mountain. Mm. You got a gay cowboy playing the Joker? Are you? You know what are you doing? You know, but but then again, when you're older, like we are, like you know, I've seen Brokeback Mountain. And he, you know, he was a, he's an exceptional actor, yeah. and he proved it when he took over the Joker role. Uh, same thing with Michael Keaton with Batman. Uh, like we said, he, he's my favorite Batman. Yeah. Best voice and just the intentness. Like I love the direction in this movie. Where like you know, you see his eyes a lot. They put a lot of focus on his eyes because uh, he's, he's got to act in that big, even more thicker rubber cow than Bale had to deal with. You know, yeah. so he's like, he really can't turn his head. He's Definitely. like, right. more, more very, than any other, in the suit he looks way more beefed up yeah, he looks, than he, as Bruce Wayne. He looks than, menacing. Yeah. And, and Burton's directing is so amazing. I love it. I love his direction in this movie. He's a, I think he was a perfect choice for Batman at this time for the story that this one in Returns was telling. Even though Batman Returns is more of a Tim Burton movie in a traditional sense with a little more of the whimsical stuff with the penguin and the, you know, but this one's like a gothic fairy tale in a sense. Very, just beautifully shot, well acted, well done. Uh, but but Michael, the point I was getting at with Michael Keaton's casting, which I never got to, was uh, Warner Brothers received 50,000 letters of protest from fans not to cast Michael Keaton. Wow. Which, that's a, that's not, that's a significant amount. Yeah. You know, but thank, you know, they kept going with it. And we'll actually get a little bit later to some of the people they did consider. It was pretty much every person in Hollywood was considered for Batman. And Michael Keaton got it. Hmm. But we'll get into that a little bit later. But I thought, I thought it was very interesting. And it's one of those things, I guess, uh, uh, for example, when Captain America, a lot of people didn't like, initially like the idea of Chris Evans because they knew him as Johnny Storm from the Fantastic Four movies. Well, I knew him from uh, a movie called London, a movie called Sunshine, one of my favorite movies of all time, where he is phenomenal. Like, he is, a, he is a great actor. When they say he's Captain America, I'm like, hell yes. All-American, he's a great actor. He can do this. You Not know, another teen movie. <laughs> That's what I, I didn't see for. that one, so I can't, I, unfortunately I can't. Well, I guess fortunately I can't comment. I think right. I start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, look at Heath Ledger, and well, technically, what he was a good movie, uh, A Knight's Tale. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was entertaining that. though. Uh, Alan Tudyk <laughs> made it. It's entertaining, like he yeah. does in anything he's in. Uh, but anyway, and of course, the we always talk about this on movies where it's significant. The score for this movie absolutely amazing there's you know we talked I've harped on it before with like Willow uh, of course Star Wars there's some movie themes you just hear and like you know you get chills like you get excited <laughs> you know the, the original Superman one yeah. the Christopher Reeve one that one to this day just like makes me think I could fly you know and if you love Superman check out the latest episode of Geekly Dose where they actually review that one so little tie in there for the awesome podcast network gotta throw them in there but also this score like just not what we're listening to now the Joker music <laughs> not the Joker music yeah but you know just the and, and the ending theme the last shot of this movie where he's on top of that uh, of the building and the bat signal that is like one of the best shots in any comic book movie I've ever seen it's I had just, something to say about it though I mean shouldn't he be doing something it's, if it's they're sim- calling him up it's symbolic well, yeah. well no again well, <laughs> let me just sit there and stare at it instead well, of go like, work we know they're unveiling it so he's probably like they're gonna light it so how, but they gotta I, test it right I, I, I'll just be here just in case just in case something does go down when like they light everyone's it everyone's getting People murdered freak out. he's like he said he would come <laughs> you know some criminals like he won't come Now's when they the test time. light it <laughs> whoops I'm Batman ah the bat <laughs> That is a valid point, but I think it could yeah. be easily described. <laughs> you can suspend your disbelief a little bit more. <laughs> but yeah, Danny Elfman did the music, and uh, much like uh, Michael Keaton, the protests of Michael Keaton, a lot of people in the studio more so for Danny Elfman were like, really, the dude from Wingo Boingo? 
you're here, like what what can he do? But the first piece of music he wrote was the opening score, and that was it. Nobody complained again after that. <laughs> wisely, mm-hmm. very wisely. Uh, but uh, now Daniel, I know you've seen it before, but it's been it's a, this was a refresher for you. So let's get into it. Daniel Santangelo, what do you think of Batman? I thought it was good. <laughs> it, it's not a great movie to me compared to, you know, most recently, Dark Knight. I haven't seen Dark Knight Rises, so I don't know. Shame, shame. Yes, I need to see that. Um, I don't I don't find anything wrong with the acting. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, they cast the part well and all that. Um, I didn't like Knox, but it's just a little minor mm-hmm. deal. Um I don't know. The middle kind of, to me, it was a little bit slow. But mm-hmm. other than that, ending was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Bruce Wayne personality that uh, Keaton gives to it. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Um, but it's not one of my favorites, <laughs> like it is yours. I'm sorry. Well, you probably didn't see it till you were like 13 anyway or something. I saw one. <laughs> uh, let me tell my story about this movie. Right. Okay, I'm telling you, this is Trey's show. <laughs> this episode is maybe a little more geared towards me, but it's our show. It's karate, a group effort. It's karate all three kid, of it'll ours. change. Sure. Well, I love that one too. But you, I'll give you that one. Yeah. But uh, you know, uh, when you like uh, when the Star Wars prequel, as an example, Star Wars prequels came out. You know, you wait like in line. Star Wars more than this Batman. That's, I don't know if that, I, that might make you feel better. I mean, to I me, like does. you know, one's like <laughs> one's like you know nine point nine, one's nine point eight. I mean, Ooh, it's negligible. Ones? I don't know. I might, my score might change. That's a mystery. I'm giving a example. Don't quote me on this just yet. Yeah. But uh, you know, uh, when you when you're old enough to drive and you can stay out past midnight, or you know, like that, mm-hmm. to where you can go to movies that you know without mom. Can, you know, this is opening or dad. Can you drop me? Or me and some friends are going. Mister So and So is dropping us. Blah blah blah. You know, this was the first movie. Me, my mom, my brother. Uh, what was the rated? By the way, uh, I think PG thirteen. No, it might have been PG. Um, actually, that's a good question. Actually, it's PG thirteen. This is my big guess. If your parents like. Did they care about that? Oh hell no! It was Batman. Okay, so my, my parents never cared. Like, I don't oh, see a rating on here. Movie? You go what to the very top part? on IMDb. I think That's it's. Right at the top. I thought it was up there somewhere. PG thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it was at here in Baton Rouge. Anybody who is from this area will know this, and we lo- reference local things anyway. But so most of you won't know this. But anyway, there was a theater called Bon Marche over there, kind of where Caveman works, and you might know Caveman from his bon antics Carina. on our Star yeah. Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was a theater, and that was. They were showing Batman at the first showing, like, I don't know the exact time, like 10, we'll say 10, 10 o'clock. And me, my mom, my five-year-old brother at that time, I'm nine, he's five. <laughs> we got up, butt crack of dawn. We were there, like, at eight. Eight, eight thirty. Wait, for like, 10 o'clock showing? Yeah. Oh, jeez. And we, and <laughs> I was, in Baton Rouge, I was the first person in line to see this movie. Nice. I kid you not. We're sitting there, like, we saw some more people come, so we went and stood in front of the box office, like an hour and a half. And then by the time it opened, there was a, you know, I don't, yeah. I'm a kid, so I mean, it, it seemed bigger than it really was, I'm sure, you no. know. But I mean, it was significant. Like yeah. the theater was sold out, and that went, the little always, blinds come like, up. You always have that memory now. Yeah. Like, like, well, I remember because like the, yeah. there were four windows, and we're standing. In them. Everybody was orderly. It wasn't like today where people just stampede, mm-hmm. you know. Like like I mean, we went saw Avengers at midnight. It was just like it was chaos. Once yeah. one person walked in, it was just like yeah. people running all over the place. But everybody was just in line, nice, and then. The four box office windows had blinds, and one of the blinds zips up, and I bolt over there, throw my hands on there. I'm like, Mom! <laughs> and we got the first ticket, and we saw Batman opening day, the first show in Baton Rouge. Very nice. And you still have that ticket? I wish. <laughs> Probably faded. And yeah. Like, rink, like, this was a ticket. Yeah. Um, but I never, and then after that, uh, 
I think it, no, it was during the summer, so we weren't in school. But then we went. The toy lines were out, so we went and we each got a figure. And I got the Batman, whose utility belt would like come out like a batarang. I mean, a grappling hook. And mm-hmm. I think Justin got a different Batman because there was like four different Batmans, and he got the Batman that like could, you could take its hel- helmet off, and it was Bruce Wayne or <laughs> something or other. I don't remember. But we had the Batmobile. Can- we had the Batwing. Batmobile looks awesome on this. One. Oh, it's my favorite Batmobile yeah. by yeah. far. Yeah. Like, I agree. Yeah. Bar looks none. Really, really good. Uh, I'll go off a little bit here. Yeah. Favorite movie experience ever was it Trilogy Tuesday? That was one of them. Honestly, my my favorite movie experience is because it. it I'll get. I'll, I'll we'll do a quick aside on that. Yeah. Simply because of the ramifications outside of it and the coincidence that entailed it. Uh, I'm a big Danny Boyle fan. Sunshine's coming out or is out, and it's been out for like maybe two weeks in Baton Rouge. It didn't last long. It lasted three weeks. So I, Thursday night before the Friday movies come out, I was like, this might be my last chance to see it in the theater. So I went and saw it, and I was the only person in the theater. And wow. the movie is amazing. Like I love, like a lot of people hate on the movie, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's just the score, the acting, every the imagery is iconic. It's just beautiful mu- movie. Like it's one of those movies. Like I wish I could have said that I made that movie. Yeah. Like you know, cause that's how good it is to me. Anyway, I get out of the theater, and my my brother calls me. He's like, "Dude, I got a movie recommendation for you." He tells me, "I'm like, well, hold on, because I no matter what you're telling me, I got a better one." I'm like, dude, I just got out of Sunshine, and like, I had tears in my eyes. It was so great. He's like, dude, that's what I just saw. Like, we literally saw it at the same time in different parts of the country on the oh, same random night. Louisiana and California, by the way. Yeah, so, you know, it's like, there. and like, we talked about it for like two hours, you know. So, <laughs> that is like my best movie, exp- like, as far as outside. But like, oh. Trilogy Tuesday was amazing. Was that living with you at the time? Yeah, well, I think so. I thought I remember you telling me something about that. Yeah, it seems like, yeah. yeah you eventually like, got the posters while I was still living with you. I yeah, knew that. But so it was. What year did it come out? Oh, 2000. I thought, I thought I remember you telling me about that. Nine. I really it had to be right before me and Autumn got together. Because otherwise we would have gone and seen it. 2007. I lived with you then. Yeah. Yeah, I, so. I moved out in 2006. Yeah. Okay, now I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, but that, um, but like the Truly Tuesday was, aside from the bad seats, well, did we sit by each other on that one? Or like, I know half of our group was up higher and I like was other half were Okay. Yeah, I, like, I don't like sitting really close up. Well, the group, mm-hmm. the people that I was, that I sat, I don't even remember Sage. who I sat by. We got stuck up front, like yeah, in like the I, fourth I row. Yeah, I can stand that. Yeah, and it was it. just like, that was the only thing that marred that experience yeah. for me. Because, uh, no, we, oh, I'm sorry, we got stuck up front for Return of the King. We were in the middle for the first two. Oh, well, we but kept then, our seat. <laughs> I, even I can't got remember up. how, but then we got stuck closer up for the other, uh, Return of the King at midnight. For a... Uh, Hmm. Fellowship. I even got up, left, went and picked Matt up from school. Yeah, I remember came back, that. And my seat was still there. Nobody, whoever was sitting by me, saved it for me. So was, that was my favorite because there was no like people taking somebody on a date. You know, this is just like one part of their little date. Yeah, I mean, it was a gathering they of the geeks. It. You know, exactly. I mean, was, that's yeah. that's that's why I love seeing comic book movies or sci-fi movies or anything that has you know is gonna have a following or has a following at midnight because that's when the people who really want to see yeah. it want to see it. You're not gonna go a date. Yeah, it's Most not going to be a bunch of douchebags or yeah. a lot of little yeah. kids. Usually, no, you're knock on wood. Yeah. Usually, you want to see them, so it's usually the the better time to see something. But that just sounds cool though, to talk about that. Your favorite movie experience had nobody yeah. in the theater with you. I think that's, that's cool. what made it special. Like, yeah, I you know, think like, that's you awesome. know, it was it was like it was being shown. Like it was like it was like Moses in the burning bush. Like you know, I was no one else is there. Like did this really just happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm not gonna get. We're not in this age revisited. Not you know Trey's favorite movies. Yeah. of any time period but you know that movie has a to me that movie means something to it's depending on how you view it and the way I view it is like you know it's just amazing it's spiritual for lack of a better word and like you know, there's like I can probably count on one hand the movies that like actually 
moved me, like moved, not just like, you know, cool runnings, the dad comes out and opens yeah. his shirt. You know, I, I cry every time. But I mean, like, to where it, watched, it moves yeah. me on a different level, and that's one of them. Yeah. So that's why it's just so, like, I'm glad there wasn't no other douchebag in the theater, like, oh, stupid, or, oh, no, don't do that. I remember that uh, when we watched Passion of the Christ. Yeah. The dude said something, you said something back to him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. okay, like, it's, uh, nah, I, know it's a, I know it's a different, whole different thing, but anyway. <laughs> no, I mean, I could have gone on a tangent there, but yeah. <laughs> back to Batman. But, but uh, I mean, that's good to go off. Oh, I, I completely agree. It's all relevant. It's all relevant. And hey, the video game's a little tangent inspired our episode. episode of it. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, let's get on to the trip. Let's see, did I cover everything else on my notes? Yep. On with the trivia. All right. Uh, oh, 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 oh. You wanted to, shots that I do remember. Oh, mm-hmm. like. I definitely remember the hand, like when he falls into the acid thing. Yeah, or whatever. coming up. I remember that. I remember for some reason, um, Vicky waking up and seeing him upside down. On oh the yeah, little hanging. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Why. I remember that. Um, Can't afford WD forty. I don't remember the end at all. Mm-hmm. Like um, as in from what part? Like the parade or the belt, the church or? Pretty much all that. Right. Like. Um, mm-hmm. The long ass gun that he shoots. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't remember that. So, which is, like I said, I like the ending. It was mm-hmm. really good. But uh, just those certain shots that I do remember definitely. Yeah. Very. I think they. Like I think we were talking about the kitchen. When or oh. when they're eating. Yeah. I remember that part too. Could you pass the salt? <laughs> Could you pass? Oh, he said a little louder. <laughs> but... And so it's such an awkward scene, but I think yeah. it plays so well. Like he, Burton does it so well. I think, you know, I think he's a great director, but I think Batman is his best directed movie because it's not quite a Tim Burton movie as opposed to like Returns is or you know Edward Scissorhands is a Tim Burton movie it's got that quirkiness to it this one has a little bit of it inside the Joker character but I think that's more Jack Nicholson's performance and Tim Burton was relatively inexperienced when he made this movie like I mean he wasn't like he is now readily established he had Beetlejuice and Frankenweenie and then he makes or Edward Scissorhands was after this but there's actually one of the uh, scenes was he was trying to direct Jack Palance for one of the scenes, and Palance like just stopped and turned on and said, "How many movies?" Like screamed at Bert to the director, like, "I've done over a hundred movies, and how many have you done?" Like basically telling Tim Burton to let him. Makes me like him even more. Well, he's, he's been he was notorious for that, like being oh, kind really? of like. It's okay. He's dead. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Can death even stop Jack Palance? <laughs> yeah, I, I like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That was a good yeah. Tim Burton movie. Well, that's what got him. Actually, he got the nod to like be brought on like because this movie's in development hell actually we'll start with the trivia because that's kind of how kind of have the timeline on favorite's it. big fish so. it was uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's why my favorite like aside from batman yeah, that's a great movie. <laughs> but um the first draft of this movie was written in Ooh, 1980 Todd too. <laughs> and uh the first draft actually had a robin appearance in it for which Kiefer sutherland was attached to to be robin but he'd be robin in the very end akin to uh Batman Forever. That's how it was going to kind of play out to where the end of the movie is when that happens. Uh, and then Burton was offered the job in 1985 to direct it. And then he had uh, Sam Hamm, I think, worked with him on, I think, either Pee Wee or uh, Beetlejuice to do a treatment of it, of the script. And then it ended up, and they finally got greenlit in 88. Uh, and it got gr- the reason it was greenlit was because, of course, Tim Burton signed on to direct it, but it was because Beetlejuice was such a success. So the movie got greenlit due to Beetlejuice, and which also was a Tim Burton Michael Keaton project. So they got reunited on this one, uh, and it only took 12 weeks to shoot this entire movie, which I think is pretty impressive, yeah, yeah. especially these days we're getting you know three four months longer. Four than that. years yeah, for some. For some. 
<laughs> Even some low budget ones are talking in. <laughs> I know what you were getting at. <laughs> uh, well, we're talking about people considered for Batman. We talked about the 50,000 protest letters for Michael Keaton. Uh, but Alec Baldwin, Emilio Estevez, Kevin Costner, Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze, Mel Gibson, Kurt Russell, Tom Hanks, and Bruce Willis. And that's that's the short list. Like, uh, if I would have told you everybody, we'd probably be here about 10 minutes and we'd list the names. Schwarzenegger was considered for Batman at this point. But I think they hit the nail on the head as to who was perfect but for this it role. It would have been interesting to see a Swayze Batman, but I still think Keaton would have been best. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would it, be so funny to see, like, this movie with each yeah. one of those, just to see the differences. <laughs> of course, you, that can never happen unless, you know, you believe in parallel Earths and... We're on Earth 727 instead of Earth 624. But it's very interesting. Daniel's making sexy faces at me. He just shaved, too, so he looks so cute today. Uh, Sean Young from Blade Runner was... And Ace Ventura. I was about to say, you might remember from Ace Ventura, uh, was the first choice for Vicki Vale, but she was injured in horse riding and broke her uh, uh, clavicle. So they had to replace her. And Burton wanted to replace Sean Young with Michelle Pfeiffer, who was dating Michael Keaton at the time. Michael Keaton was like, we're dating. It'd be kind of awkward. So they didn't. They went with Kim Basinger. Well, then Batman Returns comes out. Who plays Catwoman? Michelle Pfeiffer. And all Anne Hathaway did a great job in Dark Knight Rises, but Michelle Catwoman... Michelle Pfeiffer. (laughs) Michelle Catwoman. Is Catwoman. Uh, And then uh, Robin Williams was considered for the role of the Joker. And then eventually when they were casting Return... I mean, uh, not Returns. uh, Forever. Also for the Riddler. But of course, that's as Jim Carrey's star was... Yeah. peaked in that that time frame so naturally that's that was a choice at the time otherwise we would have had a Robin Williams Riddler uh, which probably would have been very similar to Jim Carrey's at that time as opposed to like a Nolan version I could see him doing a Nolan Riddler because I think Robin Williams is a great dramatic actor yeah. too like uh, speaking of Nolan yeah. when he did uh, Insomnia I don't know if you've seen that with Al him Pacino, Al Pacino. Yeah. yeah like you know he's, he can be cold blooded and it's it's creepy it's and freaky. menacing it's creepy in one hour photo Oh, oh, yeah, that's another yeah. great point. Uh, some other people considered for the Joker, which I think are great choices. Uh, Tim Curry, one of my favorite actors. David Bowie, <laughs> Willem Dafoe. I hate Tim Curry. Now why? I love why him. did you hate Tim Curry? When I was why? little, I don't know why. Why? What was he in that made you hate him? You tell me right now. I didn't like him in Home Alone 2 at first. Now oh. I love the dude. Like, I lo- like Tim Curry is so awesome. Dad. I mean, going back to Rocky Horror Picture Show, to mm-hmm. the legend. What you see him in Legend? You don't even recognize the dude. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, like, Home Alone, and It, he was the clown in It. He was... Uh, <laughs> Pennywise, you know, to me, Tim Curry is such a fantastic actor, and he does a lot of voice work now. You don't really see him in much physically; it's all like voice stuff. But he does so. have—he has that iconic voice. You're mistaken. <laughs> oh, Mister McAllister, <laughs> and he's menacing in that too. Like yeah. you know, he's the villain basically of the he's, movie. He's, aside he's from the, awesome. Yeah. The, he's uh, in a uh, Clue. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's one of my favorite '80s movies, which we'll do on here eventually. <laughs> I love that movie, but and like that's the first because uh, growing up in the '80s, you know. Now, we talked about, like, oh, your parents let you see Batman? Yeah. One thing my parents didn't let me see was Rocky Horror Picture Show until I was a little bit older. Yeah. So I didn't even know him. I always knew Tim Curry from Clue, and I love that movie so much. Like, oh, he's, you know, he's uh, the butler, and he's fantastic. What are you looking at? Top, oh, we were looking on YouTube, Tim Curry stuff. Top 135 Tim Curry quotes. That, that guy is a bigger fan than you. Yeah. <laughs> you might be Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah, he made it himself. <laughs> But yeah, lo- I love Tim Curry. But also, like, Bowie could be an awesome Joker. I could see that. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Even if he was even today, like as an older, like they are, they're doing an animated version of the Dark Knight Returns, which I mentioned earlier, which is probably one of the the if not the best one of the if not the best Batman story ever. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> Bowie, because it's, it's Dark Knight Returns takes place far in the future to where Batman's coming out of retirement. Hence the title, Dark Knight Returns. It's fantastic. It's awesome. But uh, of course, naturally, the villains are older. So like David Bowie as an older Joker. That if anybody's listening. Mm-hmm. Zack Snyder, I'll tap you for that one. Uh, that'd be awesome. Will Nafoe could be great too, although he did chew a little bit of scenery in Spider Man. Yeah. But I, I could, you know, he he wouldn't even need makeup. I, I can practically. Bowie <laughs> so wouldn't need makeup either. Uh, but Nicholson agreed to do it because for two reasons: he got top billing. That's why it's you know Michael Bat, the title character is the second build. Yeah. But I mean, of course, you're under Jack Nicholson, who's gonna you know. There's no complaining there. Uh, but also, he got a portion, much like, he got a portion of the royalties, much like Robert Downey Jr. did for the Avengers. And so, uh, uh, Forrest Gump, uh, Tom Hanks, Hanks got, he didn't get paid a sal like, hey, you're getting He got a percentage million, of the gross. Which ended up being $40 million. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> so, three perfect examples mm-hmm. where these actors made bank for their characters. And I think well-deserved. Uh, and we mentioned uh, before, of course, Billy Dee Williams in it as Harvey Dent. And when you watch Batman, you're like, oh, he's going to be Two-Face. You know, you know, you know, they already established Harvey Dent in the first Batman. He's not in the second one, but you know they're going to have, you know, as the series just progresses, they're, they're going to have Two Face eventually. And of course, we all know it was Tommy Lee Jones. It wasn't Billy D. Williams. That's funny though. They had Tommy Lee Jones, Billy D. Williams. I don't know. I find it, I find it a little whimsical <laughs> to say him back to back. Serial killers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the reason that Billy D. wasn't in Batman Forever was because the studio actually bought out his contract. Because he was signed on from the first Batman to where, if they ever brought that character into the franchise, he would be Dang. cast. So they bought out his contract, and then you had Tommy Lee Jones, which I like Tommy Lee Jones, fantastic actor, but this is not anything that needs to be put on his demo reel. You want to go watch Tommy Lee? Go watch No Country Old Man. Oh, no joke. Yeah. I watched that like a couple weekends ago, and just that last scene in the kitchen. It's fantastic. It's so amazing. Black. I mean, the yeah. first one. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a great. I mean, fugitive. watch Coal Miner's daughter. He's badass. Yeah, I mean, he, he goes back that far. You know, he's a he's a very established and very very talented. I mean, I love Billy D, but Tommy Lee is a better actor. I hate to say, I hate to say it, but but he couldn't have done Lando Calrissian. Hey, I'm Lando Calrissian over here. I'm looking for a Han Solo. He's a fugitive. And that was a terrible Tommy Lee Jones impersonation. When you first started talking, I was like, what is he What's doing? he doing? I saw the confusion. I realized I should just shut up. Oh, there's a Colt forty five. Have a Colt 45 with Billy D. Williams. There are two it's rules to remember break. if you want to have a good time. Rule number one, never run out of Colt 45. Rule number two, <laughs> never forget rule number one. That's that's liquid sex there, <laughs> man. You should keep plenty of Colt 45 on hand. You never know when friends might show up. It's like he didn't know that was going to happen. Like, it actually, like he was... <laughs> but why take chances? <laughs> the power of Colt 45. It works every, every time. time. Interesting model back in the day, too. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that before. That was amazing. <laughs> he just keeps popping. <laughs> no, it really is. Like okay, Billy, I want you to say this after you pop it. Yeah. And then he start, and somebody grabs him, and he's like... What the... <laughs> like he ad-libbed it. You never know when friends are going to show up. <laughs> Taking it away. But uh, pre- uh, before the podcast, we were listening to some of the uh, the Prince music <laughs> for Batman. And I, I, I love Prince, but... Uh, the Batman music album, song album, is not uh, not the best. But uh, before they got Prince to work on the movie, they ha- they wanted to get Michael Jackson 
to do actually do the music for the movie, wow. the songs and everything, which he wanted to do, but he couldn't because he was under contract with uh, concert commitments. Yeah. So he couldn't fit it into his schedule, which could have been awesome. Yeah. You know. There, no there would have been a hit there this, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. There, there would have been a, you know, <laughs> definitely the greatest hit out of that, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, we talked about the Batmobile. The Batmobile was actually built on the chassis or chassis of a uh, Chevy Impala. <laughs> <laughs> Chases, huh? <laughs> Got so, it. I just read what I have written oh, and no, then, no. like, pronunciation comes later. <laughs> yeah, forget that. Forget me, that pronunciation. <laughs> just beep it out. After like, you said me and Jesse looked at you. <laughs> Chases. Interesting. Go on. I just I'm hoping during the chase they actually built it. Yeah, and is on the end of it. They built it on the chase. (laughs) But uh, they mentioned uh, the Joker when they're in the museum before the badass scene where Batman comes through and points that little grappling horizontal line thing at the Joker, whatever it's called, the Bat Rope Deployer. Uh, uh, Vicky Vale has her pictures from Corto Maltese, which is a fictional island in the Batman universe, which was created by Frank Miller. In the Dark Knight Returns, which referenced a previous work that inspired Frank Miller, but the Dark Knight Returns also inspired Tim Burton for this movie visually, which is very apparent, especially with that last scene at the end. You know, the use of light and shadows is very apparent in the visual style of this film. What influenced it? Because even on my TV, like uh, I have a uh, not LED um, plasma, so I have really good blacks on the TV. So the blacks are really dark. Uh, I had to actually try to brighten stuff a little bit on this movie because it's so toned differently. Like, it's meant to be dark. It's meant to be a very dark film, so when his eyes come in... Yeah, we had a problem Go ahead and say that. it. it was, oh, wait. Oh, you were drinking. It was very dark. Oh, it was very dark. Yeah. Yeah. Signs. Uh, yeah, we had a problem with that because I have a projector. Oh, with the light? And the light was coming through. It's like the title. We couldn't see what was happening in the background. Well, it's hard to see anyway because, I mean, it's just swirling around the signal like... Oh, okay. Right. Like yeah, it's I a knew it was. path or something through a cave. Not a bat cave. A cave of wonders. <laughs> I have got a lot of stare downs today. Not that y'all y'all can see that, but whenever right. you see silence, there's a stare down going on in the Awesome Podcast Network studio. I'm telling you, it's because of shade. Now, uh, of course, uh, they give the Joker a name in this one, Jack Napier. That's not his real name in the comic, but it's a reference to Alan Napier, who played Alfred in the Batman TV series with Adam West. Mm. So I'm not sure why exactly they picked to reference him instead of Adam West. You, but you ever see some of those um, bloopers where? The people say the actor's real names. Yeah. Well, at least I didn't have to worry about that on this one. <laughs> That's you true. His name's, Jack. Yeah. His name's well, Lee, God damn it. That, that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> From uh, Rush Hour, I think, too. Rush Hour, too, yeah. But because uh, even when my, my wife were watching, she's like, wow, Jack Nicholson plays Jack in a lot of movies. But we did look it up. There's only like three. Mm. But he does it in The Shining. He's Jack Torrance. He does it in this one. He's Jack Napier. And I think uh, the other one escapes me. There's some other movie he was Jack in. So it, I don't know if it worked out that way or they just thought Jack, he becomes a Joker. It's like. Batman, I mean, uh, Spider-Man with uh, Otto Octavius becomes Dr. Octopus through a freak accident. You know, it's one of those things. I give them the same, the alliteration of the same first consonant in the name. Uh, And speaking of Jack Nicholson and everything, the surgical props in the scene where the Joker's being fixed, so to speak, you don't want to see his face at that point. And they show, he's like, you see the tools I have to work with here. Those tools on the table are the same ones from Little Shop of Horrors, the remake with Rick Moranis. When uh, Steve Martin's the sadistic dentist, Never it's, it's basically a carryover prop from that film. But Jack Nicholson was in the original Little Shop of Horrors, mm. so one of those, hmm, I times. guess, two degrees of yeah. separation. <laughs> Not quite six, uh, but uh, it did. Batman is an award-winning, an Oscar Academy Award-winning film, 
Uh, it won for Best Art Direction for the look of Gotham City and everything, which a gentleman by the name of Anton First, he also designed the Batmobile and a lot of the look for Gotham. And similar to how when the X-Men movies came out, to draw reference, uh, more current reference, how the comics sort of changed a little bit, like the X-Men, and they, had, they came out with Ultimate X-Men, they were all in black leather instead of like their regular costumes. The movie kind of influenced the comic. Same way in this, to where the look of Gotham in this movie influenced the look of the comic. Like the shape, the, just the architect, the more gothic style became more relevant in the comic until the big crossover, No Man's Land, where Gotham was hit by an earthquake and destroyed. So that lasted until, well, I guess not recently, maybe five, six, seven years ago. I was collecting comics at the time, so I actually have that whole crossover. Uh, so I do understand that. This was also the only Batman movie to have one villain. Every other Batman movie has multiple villains. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't think of that. I was expecting some challenges. <laughs> No, it's gone. <laughs> what was the one in Batman Begins? Uh, Ra's al Ghul and Scarecrow. 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 Of course, Joker and Two Face, and then you already know who's in Rises. And every subsequent Batman sequel had two yeah. villains, and the original Adam West one had like every villain. I don't think he knows who's in Rises. Good, Bane. Well, Bane. you know who one is. Yeah, but the other one, that well, wasn't Catwoman. revealed. Well, is that a villain? Not in the in a sense. Okay. I, mean, no, I only know Bane. Well, she was a villain way back in the day, and then, of course, they made her the more female Batman, even more so than right, Batgirl right. in the comic, which is fine. I mean, it suits the character. She's a Robin Hood. Okay. So one man's... Yeah. Well, that's, I was going to say a terrorist quote, but it didn't... <laughs> Just She's the Robin Hood. That, that sums yeah, it up right there. That one. All right, I got the body count. Care to take a guess? Yes. Um, 15. I'm going to go with a higher number than that, like 38. You're closer, but the total body count of this movie, 56 people. Oh, wow. Died in a Batman movie. What the hell did I miss? Now I can understand that in Rises. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a bunch. I was actually thinking about that while we were watching it. But uh, a lot of the goons, and then a lot like the parade, uh, the Smilex gas. And this oh. is, now I do know for a fact the, the numbers I'm telling you here are ones that are on screen. Okay. Like you, you see these people die on screen. So 56 people die on screen. You know, you got the you know you got miscellaneous ones throughout too. The reporter, mm-hmm. you know, uh, some of the cops and the thugs in the in the uh, Axis Chemical, he drops the bomb and Axis, Batman kills everybody in Axis Chemical. Yeah, <laughs> you know, which uh, of course Batman doesn't kill. Right, I know. But uh, Batman, okay, who do you think has the highest body count? Total, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, total number of kills. The body count's 56. Who do you think killed the most people? I guess Joker. You're correct. Yeah. yeah. Care to That'd establish a guess? 56? <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah. Go with like 40 something. You're close. 38. Mm-hmm. Joker oh. has 38 confirmed Probably kills guess. in this movie. Batman has eight. He's never killed that many people <laughs> in any movie yeah, or any comic. Aside from like an Elseworlds tale or something like that. I thought Else- that was really unlike him when he dropped that bomb. <laughs> yeah, like, and kill- <laughs> killed a bunch of people. They yep. don't really touch on it. And like, honestly, until I watched it this time. That never even struck me that he's killing people. Yeah. You know, the Batwing pops out Gatling guns and he's blowing people away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also at the end, he says he's going to kill Joker. Yeah. yeah. And he I, basically I does. And, you know, I mean, not. I know, but to say that instead of like, I'm going to bring you in or whatever, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to sink to your level, Joker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I would expect. I have to believe it. in Gotham City. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, I can't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hide up on Rises. I want to talk about Rises, but you haven't seen it. There's nobody to see it with me. I'll go see it again anytime you want. You should, I don't like going should still be stadium. playing. Hey, it's... the greatest experience I ever had in a theater was by myself, so there's <laughs> something to be said for that. But uh, you give, you always give every movie a score. 
So before I get to the real world stuff and we kind of wrap it up, what do you give Tim Burton's original Batman? Uh, 6.5. That low? Ooh, yeah. Really? Yeah. It's in the sixes, not even in the <laughs> sevens. No, about a 6.5. Really? Yeah. Like, that's like an F. It's not no, 65 percent. Like that's I said, that's F. Like I said, though, unless you do the college scale, then it's a D. But that's still <laughs> there's no perfect movie. You know? I agree, but 6.5. Yeah, I knew it was gonna get flack for this. It's it's you good. Can, it's good again that we have something that I, I that agree. I agree. I'm just shocked. I honestly thought that you would. This would be you know high sevens and eight. That, that would have been. That's what I would have guessed for Could, you. Couldn't bring it to an eight. It's got the best Batman. Yeah, but that's not everything. <laughs> oh, it's called Batman. <laughs> Shouldn't that be at least more than sixty-five percent of the score? The Joker on on Dark Knight's more than. I would say he's even better than Batman in terms of what people remember about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. tangent. But the, the real question about that movie <laughs> it was is a nice one. I like the silence there because I got you a little bit. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> anyway, the tangent is had he. What do you th- real quick? Just a few sentence answer. If Heath Ledger hadn't died. Do you think that role would have gotten as much critical praise and hoopla about it as it did? Not as much, but I still think it would have. Do you still think he would have won the Academy Award had he not died? I think he would have got nominated. I, uh, that's my exact... I think it wouldn't have won. I think he would have got nominated yeah. for it, for the, the dark betrayal of yeah. it. Anyway, so you go to 6.5. Jesse, that's you just watched bad. it too. You chime in on this. That's satisfactory. Not to me. <laughs> One of the next movies Average we're, is okay, five. We know, we're not, but we're not basing it on school grades. Well, let, me, let me give you okay. To me, you, you you are literally you are literally correct. But on my scale, like five is like I will never watch if it's five or lower. I will never watch it again. Like it's not that it's bad. Like it's trash, but it's like something that I will probably never bother watching again. That's that's kind of like a good point to where I do my scale. If this show came on USA, and Did I was just scrolling through, it? would I stop to watch it? I would, but nothing else would have to be on. <laughs> well, that's impossible because all the unless every other channel yeah, is I mean, black. Sh- that's why I guess I would give Shawshank a nine-five because I would stop, stop and watch that movie every time. Just, that movie has like pixie dust in it, it or something. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's magical. Flows, yeah, it flows out of the TV right towards your nose like as soon as. You, and it could be like it could be a shot of the floor in that movie, but you know, wait a yeah. second, go back. That's sh- I knew it. And and isn't. Like when he throws that rock in the into the poster, isn't it? Didn't you get like, oh my god! What is it? It's like it's like you know, like you said, like exactly. It's that same emotion. It's just like for the, it's you know it's there. You know yeah. what he did, but it's just like if it's so. See, which is kind of weird to me. I really love Forrest Gump. I would watch Shawshank over that. Oh, me too. On TV, I yeah. like Forrest Gump. I stop it's not, on Forrest Gump too, though. No, I will stop yeah. definitely. But if I had to pick one, Shawshank's got to be top three. Like now that I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can I can attest to that he is in fact he does have chills. Yeah. Love that. I can movie. see them from here. But Forrest Gump would have to be in the second half of the movie for me to stop and watch it. Because oh, I like the first half. Of the movie. That's a I mean that's the more the comedy. Yeah. But I like the second half with with the whole Lieutenant Dan relationship yeah. when he comes back. That's just that's like the prostitutes. Like from yeah. there on, that's my favorite half. The, of the movie. cunning Carlisle and Long's Lim Lenore. <laughs> yeah. Um. But that 6.5 isn't bad. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just, well, this movie is no, awesome. No, 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 what? If, Listen. Don't change it. No, no, I think no, it's no. fine. I'm not going to change it. I'm going to change sure? a previous one. Okay. Oh, real? Because, oh, Big Trouble? Yes. Yeah, oh, really? I forgot what I gave that. Now you're just peeing off. Now, if, you're I gave that, on me. <laughs> if I gave that a 6.5, I would now give it like a 3. No, I can tell you. Oh, my. No, oh, that isn't in here. Gosh. I can tell you what you gave it. It's in the other room. Well, guys, <laughs> go back and listen to it, and then y'all send us a shoot us an email. There you go. 
We do need to tell about the other uh, podcast on the Awesome I'm going to do it in the wrap-up. Oh, okay, excuse me. Since I didn't yeah. do it, we went straight into After Batman. After we're done on the show, we, okay. t- we say it. So well, normally we do it Don't bring Geekly Dose and Duo Attack into this. We, we do normally do what we normally do. We gotta we gotta keep it fresh. Okay. Yeah. When are they gonna do it? Maybe that could be somebody's favorite part. I love when you know Daniel introduces duo attack. <laughs> I can't wait for that part. It's so sexy. Yeah. So now where, I'm, is it gonna I'm be? gonna do it in my sexiest voice now if I can. Which you have I, which been warned. Won't, which won't be sexy, but I will try. Okay. You know, back to Batman before we get to Daniel's sexy. Yeah, I'm not gonna give it a score, but I'll say the highlights of it Kay. is um, Batman, or more accurately, Bruce yeah. Wayne. I didn't like the Batman outfit. Really? Like the logo, it was wrong. Mm-hmm. It is a little that. different. Yeah, the 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 tail thing. It's <laughs> it threw me off the whole time. I was like, really? They didn't catch that? And they put it all over the DVD covers and everything mm-hmm. else. Um, loved the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's freaking awesome. And and the art direction. Yeah. Everything else, yeah, it was all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, that's that's some pretty big highlights. Though, yeah, I know? mean, that's like. That's to me. That that's the defining part of the movie. Is the you know I could watch this movie with just I wish you, you know can there, watch there's it on so many, there's no well I was getting at yeah. similar. There's so many movies that have the option to do like just a scoreless audio for the film, mm-hmm. and it's usually never any movie with a good score. <laughs> it's never yeah. like a bat like I wish I could watch a movie with just a score playing. Yeah, that'd be all you know. That'd be, just leave it on the TV. Yeah. While I'm cleaning house or I didn't like the quick. script. I wasn't a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I of course, just thought the story was strangely that, told than we do. Yeah. Or than I do, definitely. I mean, yeah. just the way the story's told, you know. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like the way it panned out, you know. Any particular things that struck you, like, as, like, specifically, just, like, that's weird. It jumps around curious. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, other than that, like, the little things I mentioned before, like, Batman wanted to kill Joker and stuff like that. I'm surprised, you know, people like Bob Kane looked at this and said, yeah, let's do it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, let's make Batman a killer. Well, he was credited with the story, naturally, and the character. I know he was, but, yeah. and he, but he, he, that means he said yes yeah. or whatever. Well, he got, he got his paycheck. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, nothing in this movie is like what they did when they raped Batman in Forever and Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah. You know, but, uh, and again, like, when, like for, well, for example, I saw, again, I saw this the day it came out. Mm-hmm. It, this movie is gold to me. Like, sure. I, I, and, but I, what I'm getting at is that same thing I just said, is that I have a hard time finding something wrong with it because it's so... Oh yeah, 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 you know, like it's hard for me to see it the way you, you know you see it. It's my Willow, you know. It's it's kind of like well, Willow's my Willow too, but I still love well, Batman. Well, this movie has a disadvantage <laughs> now. Now, yeah, because of this trilogy that came out. Yeah. Um, before that, this movie was would have a higher score for Daniel, I imagine. I think that would be. What would you say? I, I, that would probably be because you have something better to compare it to. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You wouldn't well, have had something. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. And then seeing and see recently seeing the Dark Knight. Yeah. I mean, no, I've seen it lately. You know, I've seen Dark Knight 10, 15 times, but I just watched Begins like two weeks ago, so it's fresh. I on my still mind. watch, but like, honest, like, well, we won't talk about all of them, but like, right. I really, really like Rises, like uh-huh. a lot. Yeah. But like, Begins is just so. I hadn't it, seen it since like it came out on DVD, so really? I had to pop it in because wow. I like forgot details about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just, I mean, they they're all so good, but like just. Even the last ten minutes of begins, it's just when he turns over that when he's talking about what's co- and you know the oh, Joker's yeah, yeah, coming yeah. up. That is one of the best comic book movie scenes ever. When he turn and you, he's a calling card. And like, you already know it's the Joker, and he's just like you know where it's going from there. And it's just I got chills now because <laughs> you know where it's going. You know, it's just, being a comic book fan and seeing that in that movie, it's like oh my god, 
And then, of course, not even knowing how good The Dark Knight would be. And then how, you know, because look at the previous Batman movies. You know, Returns is, I love Returns. Not as good, I don't think it's as good as this one. But then, pff, stark difference when Schumacher takes over and they go to they just garbage. Craziness. You know, yeah. but, but Nolan, the genius of Nolan, in my opinion, just, you know, point A to point B, story told, amazing. Uh, but my score for this movie as a score, again, you know, we can't say... You, you, you're, both of y'all coming up from a different perspective because, like I said, this is a heartfelt movie to me. Like, if when I watch Forrest Gump, I guarantee your score will be higher. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying that's the factor here. Yeah. I give this movie like a 9.2, like on a like an IMDb scale. This movie is just awesome to me. Now, by comparison, Batman Begins would be like a 9.6, Dark Knight would be like a 9.5, and Rise would be like a 9.6. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd all be, they're all yeah. fantastic. You know, I couldn't really, it depends on my mood as to which one I like better. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, but this movie, I just, like I said, I can quote almost every line from it. It's so, in my childhood, oh, I mean, of course, when you're nine, that's like a peak year. You know, I had my Ninja, Ninja Turtles were fighting Batman. Batman <laughs> would team up with the Ninja Turtles in my room. And then Thundercats and He-Man would also be there like, you know, we have to say Castle Grayskull, get in the Batmobile, Leonardo. We can't all fit, we'll take the, the, the turtle wagon. Okay, we'll meet at Castle Grayskull. Oh, look out, it's the G.I. Joe aircraft character. Uh, carrier Shredder's taking it over with Mumra. Well, let's take it out. Look at T Man. Was you know, I can go on and on. But these <laughs> these adventures happened in my life. Yeah. I've seen these, <laughs> literally. One of my favorite lines on the movie was the Joker said it was uh, I've been dead once already. It's very liberating. I don't, I don't know why I really like that one. Well, I, I thought it was badass. Like there's so many quotable lines in the movie too. Like I think it's just you know mm-hmm. I'm Batman. Like, ten years after this movie came out, maybe not ten years, but they had the whole the football commercial, remember, where the dude's like, I'm Batman. Mm. And like, on the, and oh, yeah. they brought it back and everything. You know, well, not brought it back, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an iconic film. Less so now, just like you said, because now there's something so much greater to compare it to. Mm-hmm. But a, yeah, a greater scale. Yeah. I mean, not that's, necessarily that's a, that's greater. That's really a better way to put yeah. it, honestly. Like, the scale is tenfold yeah. as opposed to what they were doing with this one. And, and it's course, something that can't be hit. That's, you know, what could they have done? Like, that's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Well, again, before Batman, what did you have? You had Superman 1, 2, and 3. I don't know if 4 was out by then. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, Actually, it probably was, because I'm pretty sure Superman 4 didn't come out in the 90s. <clears throat> uh, so, you know, the superhero bar is pretty low. And I'll take it back. It, got pre- it was high with Superman, and it got low because of Superman 3 and 4. You know, I mean, again, 3 and 4 of these series... <laughs> these early down. series just almost killed the franchise uh, but then you know to bring Batman back with Batman Begins after X-Men X-Men 2 Spider-Man Spider-Man 2 to where the bar is back you know superheroes movies are big business now you know there's there's more good ones than bad ones now back mostly. in the day when they wouldn't really you wouldn't yeah. want to even try it yeah you know, you know, but, Dolph Lundgren's yeah. Punisher went straight to DVD for like our area yeah. you know I mean it was there wasn't a market for it and if it was based on a comic it was radically different it was just wasn't there was no standard there was no desire to make it good but oh they're big they're money makers now people like them everybody likes them they have broad appeal which is great that is nothing but great for uh, people like us who are fans of the genre and the characters so it's quite awesome I mean, so just, just imagine if in the 80s they might have had something like that uh what if they did a Lord of the Rings in the in the eighties? Well, they did the animated one. Yeah. I mean, but just think if they tried. But yeah, that I mean, compared honestly, to... I think the Lord of the Rings could have been done in the eighties. Simply, and the reason I say that is because mm. I point to the fantasy movies of the eighties: yeah. Legend, yeah. Uh, Willow, 
That's true. You know, I mean, on that scale, with that look, no. But, I mean, again, Peter Jackson used a lot of practical, you know, the orcs and the goblins are really there, much like you'd see in the 80s, you know, though you, there wouldn't be a lot of CG, you know. Yeah. It, it could have, it, you know, I keep, okay, There's I gotta stop saying point. you know. Yeah. I listened to last week's and I was just, or week, whenever it was, and I was like, I said you know like 20 times in like two minutes. And I just caught myself saying it three times, so I apologize for you people out there. <laughs> You know you did. You did. You know. Stop it. I don't feel that I've said it's a verbal tick. Oh, I do got to point good. something out that was hilarious. I didn't catch this until I listened to it. We were talking Uh-oh. about whatnot. I think on the. I think it was the look he was talking one. But you said you said we, when I brought it up, you're like, I don't think I said it at all this episode. But you literally said it a minute previous. <laughs> <laughs> it was and like of course listening to it the second I'm like, oh wait a second, we didn't catch it. We didn't pay attention to it at the time. So it's you know I'm excited when I keep repeating something like you know like I'm saying you know I keep I don't know that that yeah. I just said it again. You said I don't know. Oh, no. Okay, maybe it's just the no part. Maybe. K-N-O-W. I gotta think of a... I gotta get a thesaurus. Oh, and then we listen to the crescendo of the theme at the end. An adequate point. Stop talking about Batman and start talking about the real world. Uh, in the real world, again, this was released June 23rd, 1989. June 4th, a uh, little... About 19 days previous was when the Tiananmen Square massacre occurred in China. Where, uh, of course, a you know, very iconic image of the student in front of the tank uh, and I were, of course at the time I didn't know the specifics of it and in, in history classes in college we briefly talked about it but I went back and kind of reread a little bit about it to freshen up on it mm-hmm. and uh, they never have settled on a, the death count on it the, the uh, body count of the massacre is anywhere between 180 to 5,000 with 40,000 injuries that's a big so, gap yeah so there's <laughs> no nobody knows how many people died in it. I want to know if they the the one that was standing in front of the tank. What happened? Yeah, because they don't. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's probably dead. You know, like, he was first. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's one of the things I wonder about that. I mean, that's just one of the. It's like the scene from uh, Nam when the Vietnamese general shooting the the Viet Cong prisoner, or the uh, when the monk's burning himself in protest. There's iconic photos yeah. and like images, and that's I think the Tiananmen Square one is definitely one that. I'm sure we all remember. That was in our lifetime. Uh, and then uh, June 20th, just three days before Batman released, Faith No More released The Real Thing, which contains the awesome single, Epic. The first time rap and rock was merged into one. It's a hit at karaoke parties. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I need to hear it. Could touch it. Oh, okay, yeah. Taste it so sweet, we but it makes no go. difference because it knocks you off your feet, I said. Yeah. He well, sounds like he's, he's going to play uh, a part of it now. So yeah, okay. he sounds like he's... Really, really sad. Like a, like a Billy Corgan, but this is pre-Corgan. No, but like a child version or a, <laughs> one that's right about that point to cry. <laughs> that hurts my throat. <laughs> <laughs> well, do a karaoke at the Halloween party and see how far you get. It's not easy. Oh, compose yourself. Take a minute. But yeah, like this, the video for the song was awesome at the time too. Like uh, it was, it was actually came had some controversy because they have a fish out of water. That basically suffocates at the end of the video when the piano is playing, and I was like a big, you can't show a fish die in a music video. You know, it's thank like God wow. we progressed as a society away from that. I know who it is. What now. if they ate the fish after it? You know, yeah. What's the problem <laughs> with that? I, I, I can I can mix up. It's Billy Corgan and Axl Rose meshed together. <laughs> Listen to it this one. I can see that. We heard the song on the interstate the other day, man. Yeah, I mean, once you get to the here we go, the rock part. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm right on this. I would agree. That's a, <laughs> that's, that's a facsimile. 
And then, uh, what is it? On July 10th, uh, about two weeks after this movie released, Mel Blanc passed away. Somebody I would love to have met. Mm-hmm. Like, top 20 people I would have wanted really? to meet. Yeah. Out of, out of every person that's ever existed. Well, not ev- that had something to do I'm with, like, the, yeah, with the film or TV yeah. industry. Definitely. Let me ask you this. If, if you're walking down the road, the street, <laughs> in 1988, we'll give it a year before he dies, and you see Mel Blanc, you say, hello, Mr. Blanc, I'm a big fan. What voice do you think he would immediately say, ah, well, ah. You know, what, what do you, what do you what, imagine what, him saying, like, that I don't know. Like, did he want that? I don't know. You know, like Johnny Carson. Whenever he got out of the game, he got out of the game. Yeah. I wonder if Mel Blank didn't really, because you wouldn't know his face. Yeah. Well, yes, and, yeah. Would you? Oh, hey, how are you doing? You no, know? I, I, I wonder what was his closest to his real voice. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not piggy. I said, of course, I do that a lot. It's not. Now we're both thinking of over words. It's not Porky Pig, but like, does he sound like? Wouldn't it be cool if he sounded like Yosemite? Like, wouldn't be? Wouldn't that be badass? <laughs> or Elmer just talking to a guy that sounds like Elmer? See, I imagine that if I met him in the same scenario, he'd be like, "Ah, what's up?" He would say like, "What's up, Doc?" Like when when he knows that you know who he is. What? I would. My guess would be he would say, "Yeah, he would imitate Bugs Bunny." Okay, let's say the Bugs Bunny voice. Let's say you talk to him, and he's like, "All right." uh... I'll be a nice guy, and I'll talk to you for five minutes. I'll have a conversation with you, and whatever voice you want, who would you do? Oh, Yosemite Sam. That would be mine. Yeah. <laughs> that would be mine. Cause I could hear, just hear him ad-lib something. Yeah, you know he I... did the voice of Barney Rubble? No, oh, I didn't know that. Yep. So I remember when he when he died, because, uh, and it ties into it, too, because Looney Tunes is Warner Brothers, as is Batman. Yeah. Uh, when they, uh, in New Orleans, they had the Riverwalk, you know, mall. They had a Warner Brothers store, and that, at that time... In retail history, there were Warner Brothers stores, but uh, I always loved going to that store because I always had the Batman and DC Hero stuff. But they also, around that time, they had the Batman figures from the movie, so we go in there. Me and my brother would look at them whenever Mom went to New Orleans. But because, of course, he died around the same time, so there was always a lithograph. It was so awesome. It was a microphone and it just a microphone and a spotlight, and then it had all the characters he did from Looney Tunes standing out of the spotlight, like with their heads bowed, and the bottom it just said speechless. It's that's awesome, you know. It's like yeah. you know, that's it, that's a perfect tribute to somebody who gave these characters life. So, damn, that's a, that's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, but uh, yeah, that's about it for Batman. Any uh, any any final thoughts about Batman? Tim uh, Burton. Anything I'm we didn't to think of some of the things I wrote down. I didn't know Prince did the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funkiest. I was kind of. I was <laughs> watching when I was watching with uh, Jesse. I was wondering, like, was Vicky, like, drugged up? Or at the end, where she was just kind of like, yeah, okay, I'll walk upstairs. Oh, yeah, where she was just like, yeah. Mm. I'll dance with you, and then you realize maybe, yeah, she might have knew Batman was coming. She was acting the part, especially when she goes to kiss him and stuff like that. She saw him then, yeah. but... I assume she odd. was tired from walking up those steps, because, you know, <laughs> this building is taller than Gozer's Tower yes, and Ghostbusters. Y- yeah. And that was, what, like, 40? Or what, what... I'm trying to think of the quote from Ghostbusters. What floor is she on? 56, 36, something like that. Yeah. You know, and this clock tower is way taller than that so they had to be walking for like 20 you know he says you know uh, five minutes better make it 10 bullshit you make it about an hour and 10 to get up this tower um, I, want so I imagine she's just tired oh god but she just, just was kind of like flights of stairs like a woman that just gave up mm-hmm. uh, i guess if you want to get serious well she, well she thought batman was dead until yeah so he did that little scoot <laughs> across the um the line at the end um 
Oh my god, I hate when I cannot remember a line. What was the damn famous line? You ever dance with Devil in the Pale Moonlight? Yeah. When yeah. he says it so nonchalant and quickly, that line that he says it. I, I like just thought like, that was funny. I like how he's like, excuse it, me. It, it doesn't even pan to him. It's like, boom. Like, right to him. And then he says it. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. So many, and like, ah, oh, it's just so good. I love this movie to death. I love it. Screw you guys. How dare you not like this movie? I like it somewhat. I'll take that. Small yeah. victory. There were a lot of things I I don't like. dislike the movie. It's just not my favorite. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. and again, you know, like, it's so often this podcast, you know, we do, we've mostly on movies that are so dear to me, uh, like some like Dirty Dance, where you even like, the little, you know, you had a little more history with it. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I'm on you know again, uh, but, you know, Star Wars, that's that's my ballpark, that's my sport. Yeah. You know, <sighs> Sorry. I'm trying to catch myself from repeating these same words every damn podcast. I listen to it. I'm well, like, God, I say that too much. Like one day I need to practice we, uh, my speaking. You said Batman a lot this episode. I know. I, got, I won't do that on the next one. Uh, <laughs> Maybe just once or twice. I want to yeah. try to keep it to two. Have, two, have two some alcoholic beverage here that you don't like. Well, my wife was saying, like, you know what? I should. I just said it again, but it's in context. She said that she should. She should. She should. That's a lot of s's. She, says, she, she should sure. sit in here. <laughs> And then pop me with a rubber band every time I say it to break me of the habit of re- saying, you know where I mean, repeatedly. If it bothers you, send us an email. <laughs> Force me to stop. gmail.com. You have an easy way for me to stop repeating myself, but it's excitement. When we talk about the lame movies, then there won't be that excitement. There won't be that little childlike gleam in my eye. When are you going to do a lame movie? Well, very soon, in my opinion. Because next week we have Jaws 3 and maybe 4. I'm not sure. If we have a lot to talk about, a 3... We might do four as a separate episode. It just kind okay. of depends on the flow. We might break it into two. Uh, but we have Jaws 3 and then Jaws the Revenge. And then that might be a sad episode. <laughs> but tune in to find out. But, uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. So uh, and as we ta- said, mentioned before, we are part of the Awesome Podcast Network, which is in quite uh, – that made no sense – which is actually very awesome as the name implies. <laughs> I'm watching my words too closely now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but we have Let two other podcasts on there. Slower. One, of course, is Geekly, Do- Geekly Ghost yeah. with Tim Bridgewater and Stephen Ocentelli, where it covers everything geek. And as I mentioned before, they do talk about the original Superman movie. And also, uh, Stephen gets a really good review of some uh, books for uh, if you're an aspiring webcomic. But also, he, he does mention one book, which I would like to also second his recommendation. It's called Understanding Comics. It's a very phenomenal book about on the, the medium and just entertaining whether you like them or not. Mm-hmm. But there's also... There's also Duo Attack, which oh, is Jesse Sidgley and Justin Owens, and they talk everything. Hero Clicks. Ooh. All right, I'm done. Um, but any anyway, I don't play that Hero Clicks, sexy. so um, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a very fun game. Uh, Jesse has some videos up. To, he's made some fantastic maps. Even if even if you're not in the Hero Clicks, but you want to try, you want to get to you know have a new game to play. If you know somewhere around your town that has Hero Clicks tournaments, uh, you definitely need to look up uh, this podcast. Definitely. I second that. And quick aside, while I was stranded in California because my flight got canceled due to the hurricane, I went and bought a starter set. I mean, not mm-hmm. starter set, the Fast Forces of uh, the JLA 52, the new set. Everybody, if you know Hero Clicks, you know what I'm talking about. Otherwise, you can tune in next or DC week. in general. Yeah. JLA 52. Uh, anyway, I was like, we're, we're kind of stuck here for a few days. You know, I mean, we have power and all that, but I'm still yeah. like, I'm worried my house is going to be blown away. And everything, so I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll teach my brother and uh, wife how to play Hero Clicks. Like, just in the meantime, we're stuck here. Well, the damn thing, I've bought several of these Fast Forces pack, and this one didn't have dice in it. 
So yeah, I had no yeah. dice. Lately, they don't come with dice. So I couldn't do anything with it. I just sat there and played with them, the sculpts, to amuse people. When, really? You, you know, didn't like, get, like, a dice app on your phone or something? I didn't even think about that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but then I also would have found something to... wouldn't have any change either, because I was also thinking, like, how would I mark the uh, actual You didn't tokens. have any change? Get, get paper? Scraps paper. of paper? Yeah. That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> I didn't. I was so like just. You're not. A, you're not a survivalist well, player. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. The wait. dice thing threw me off so bad and pissed me off so much <laughs> that this didn't have dice. It had the map. It had everything needed to play except dice, and I was so pissed off. Just like I didn't even worry about it anymore. We played poker wow. one time with toothpicks because we didn't have any uh, chips. Oh, we used to like when I was real young. Uh, my family, my mom's side of the family, is big gamblers. So, but the kids would have to play with matches. Yeah, <laughs> matches would be our tokens. I'll raise you four matches for. And you could you could do easily like. Um, Ended with a fire. <laughs> like if I'm you had burn this money, if you had beans, burn it all. like beans that you know, of yeah. course, uncooked beans and or uh, Skittles. I did stuff with M and M's with that. But. Well, actually, I'll tell you. Here's what disheartened me about it: to where I didn't go into MacGyver mode. Yes, <laughs> I was like, just didn't even have fucking dice. Blah blah. You know, and I was like, I don't want to learn to play anyway. I was like, Phew. she's gonna walk Fuck back you. in here and say something. <laughs> no, she won't. She's probably sleeping in there. Hmm. <laughs> if I had to guess, but. But if they ever have Harry Potter or Hunger Games, Hero Clicks, or Doctor Who, Hero Clicks, she'll she'll play. Because <laughs> that's the only thing she likes. <laughs> anyway, Jesse, uh, how can day. they view those uh, maps? If oh, they they're want on to. the YouTube account, uh, youtube.com slash Films. That's S-E-I-D-U-L-E. Films. Sedgley Films. And you can also see what me and Daniel look like in some of those awesome shorts. And uh, again... We do like. We love to hear your feedback. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, aggravations, any such thing, hit us up at eightiesrevisited at gmail.com. That's no apostrophe in the eighty between the uh, eighty and the s. Wow! <laughs> Can we just do this one over, like, or just cut out the last half and let me just, you know, go you can take tell a nap. It's one that you really love. Like, you're just like all into it. I'm just too excited. I'm talking. My my mouth's moving too fast about how much I love Batman. <laughs> But anyway, uh, ne- like I mentioned before, guys, next week will be Jaws 3, maybe 4. If not, it'll be two episodes. And then after we cover the uh, the awesome twosome, Jawsome twosome, I mean, of Jaws 3 and 4, uh, we'll be getting into October, which as we pitched since we've been doing this podcast, is it's gonna, we're going to be... Ugh, I'm excited again because we're talking about horror movies. We're going to be doing uh, several horror movies from the 80s, so tune in. For, we're going to have some classics as well as some... Not so much classics, but some ones, some favorite fan uh, cult favorites and everything, so... Will you stop it? Okay. You're making it worse. I feel so I feel so ugly. <laughs> but again, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for dealing with us on this episode with my misspeakings and my excitement. But we appreciate it. And we will see you next week on 80s Revisited. I'm Trey Harris. I'm Daniel San Angelo. I'm Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! Oh, that's good. At the Awesome Podcast Network's Facebook at facebook.com slash awesomepodcastnetwork. And follow us on Twitter at Awesome Podcasts.